0: Welcome to the Ridiculous Hour Foundation where we exist to inspire lives ridiculously responsive to the promptings of God. My name is Kat Silverglate and this is our June 2021 Mobile Monthly Mission. Remarkable. Here's the story. In the late 1990s Max Lakato wrote a children's book called You Are Special. It's beautifully illustrated and deeply moving Without going into spoiler level detail, it's basically about the difference between God's grace and the world's judgment. He uses gray dots on the main character's skin to represent what it feels like to have other people call out in judgment our weakness, our lack, our imperfections, our sin, our mistakes. These marks aren't intended to help or edify or build up either. They are marks to shame, or push down, or gawk at, or feel superior to, you know the kind. And while we don't normally associate the giving of gold stars with an act of judgment, the author uses them to represent the way it feels when the world puts its mark of approval on us for the things that it deems star-worthy, like physical beauty, achievement, perfection, wealth, fame. I won't spoil the story for you, but Gosh, the setup, it's absolutely brilliant. Suffice it to say, there's a whole lot of marking going on by a whole lot of folks in that story. In the 1850s, Nathaniel Hawthorne wrote a novel, The Scarlet Letter, which most of us read in high school, I think, where the main character, Hester Prynne, is forced to publicly wear a scarlet letter A after having an affair. A for adulterer. She is marked by her sin so that, no matter where she goes, you can't miss the thing that society thinks should mark her life. The mark, this scarlet A, it makes her identity synonymous with her most public sin. The whole book is about marking a singular moment in a singular life. In the 1960s, A guy named Robert Lopshire wrote a children's book called Put Me in the Zoo, about a red spotted leopard who was rejected by the zoo. The zoo, a place that welcomes animals, showcases them, displays them for the world to understand and to admire. He responds to the rejection by changing the color of his markings, his spots, again and again and again. There's a whole lot of marking, actually remarking, going on in that story. These famous stories in one way or another display something common to mankind. We humans, we have a tendency towards marking, don't we? A tendency to judge what is worth and what is not worth marking. We are a people who mark, and as the spotted leopard reminds us, a people who remark as well. Years ago on a mission trip to Cuba, I met a group of pastors who did a whole lot of marking too. In fact, it was a regular and consistent practice in their circle. But their practice, well, it went like this. They would regularly pray for God to help them in their struggles, and sometimes when they prayed, they'd go up on this secluded mountain. I I call it a mountain. To me it was like a mountain. To them it was probably just like a steep hill. I live in Florida, okay? Anyway, they took me up there so I could pray with them, and I remember thinking three things on the way up there. Number one, if I fall off the edge here, no one's ever gonna find me. Number two, what an effective way to get people to pray. And three, what exactly do they do with that pile of rocks over there? What's that, I asked as we got close to this neat stack of rocks. I don't remember the exact response, but the general substance of the various discussions we had about those rocks, well, they went kind of like this. Kat, when God answers our prayers or we feel his touch in our affliction, we come up here and we mark it with a rock. It gives us a visible way to remember his touch, his answers, his presence, a way to hold on in faith when we're praying through the next struggle they started to point towards particular rocks on the pile. See that one, that that big one? Yeah, that's when God answered our prayer for... And then they launch into an incredible story of God making a way when there just seemed to be no way at all. I wish I could remember the actual stories, I don't. Honestly, today as I sit here reconstructing this for you, the particulars of the stories don't come back to me. What does come back to me is this almost palpable sense of hope that ignited when I heard them and I looked at that pile of beautiful rocks. It was so visual, so hard to miss, so hard not to celebrate. The other thing that comes back to me now is this kind of sense of joy at meeting such great marksmen, such great markswomen, <laughs> rather than track the marks others placed on them or mark what they were doing in the world or the mark that they were making in the world, something that I do a lot of, they track the marks of God, his touch, his presence, his remarkable work in them and around them. They were giving themselves a practical way to trip over what they couldn't see with their eyes, God's active presence. Isn't that such a wonderful and much needed shift in focus toward the thing most worthy of marking in our one ridiculous life? god's active and consistent presence when i got home i started writing stuff on rocks with a sharpie prayers on the front answers on the back i took them out of my garden and then i tossed them back there so that every once in a while i'd get a glimpse of some word while i was walking up the front step a little pop of hope a a sweet reminder a gentle encouragement I was probably blathering on and on about this rock thing when someone finally said to me, you know, Kat, that's from the Bible, right? From the Old Testament? I had no idea. <laughs> they pointed me to 1 Samuel 7, the story of God delivering the Israelites from the Philistines for the last time under Samuel's rule. They'd gathered together to give their whole lives to God. They were going to recommit wholeheartedly to the Lord. This is... This gathering, this altogetherness of the Israelites, well, that gave their longtime enemy, the Philistines, an opportunity to wipe them out, to kill them. When the Israelites heard of this plan, they were filled with fear. I mean, who wouldn't be? They see no way out. Without God, victory is clearly impossible in this story. So they beg Samuel, and I'm quoting here do not stop crying out to the Lord our God for us, that he may rescue us from the hand of the Philistines. So that's what Samuel does. He he cries out to God on their behalf, and he also sacrifices a lamb, a, a foreshadowing to Christ. When they're delivered completely through the battle, Samuel doesn't hand out medals or gold stars to the bravest soldiers or sideline the weaker ones to put black dots on them so that we'll know who needs more training next time. No, he, what he does is he takes a stone and he sets it up for everybody to see. A marker, and not just any marker. He gives the marker a name. He calls it Ebenezer, which means stone of help. And then he says this, thus far, The Lord has helped us. Isn't that beautiful? Samuel slows down to mark God's presence amongst them, his help, his touch, thus far. I gotta say, I just love the hope in that predicate, thus far. It reminds me a little of a phrase my brother-in-law says when you compliment his cooking. Ah, you thought that was good? You wait till you taste what's coming next, cat. He's a great cook. If thus far was good, we come to trust that there will be a great thus farther. Marking God's touches changes the way we perceive the marks of others and of ourselves. More than that, maybe, our godly thus fars, they give us hopeful expectation of God in our present and in our future. We see those stones And we see where our help came from and where it's going to come from again, from the Lord. The cornerstone of the foundation on which life is built. Ephesians 2, check it out, verses 19 through 22. When we slow down to actually acknowledge the times God has shown up in our lives, and we give them a visible representation, one that piles up over time, we see with our eyes mountains of hope and when we show them to others, they see it too. What a way to stay encouraged, hopeful, expectant even, right? So that's what we've decided to do this month, the month of June here at The Ridiculous Hour. You're about to hear the details of our mobile mission challenge, which you can do right where you are in your own hometown with your own people, in the privacy of your home or with a group. However you decide to do it, that's up to you. If you receive our mission packs by mail, you already have all that you need to carry out this month's mission. In May, we sent you a sheet of stickers. Each sheet has between 30 and 45 dots, markers, if you will. These are symbolic Ebenezer stones, your stones of help. Use these dots in your journal or on a piece of paper to record the remarkable times you've seen God enter your life, carry you, answer you, show up for you, show up for others. This is a way to do what Samuel did, to set down your stones of help. Set them down visibly. Take your time with this. Go slow. Perhaps you'll lay down like one stone a day for the month of June, watch them pile up slowly, savor those memories. Maybe you'll set aside some time to do this all in one morning or in an afternoon so that you can glance at the pile for the remainder of the month and then add add a stone or two as things come to mind. Our prayer is that this will be a remarkable month for you, a time of celebration at all that God has done, a time to finally lay down a visual representation that you can look at later, so you can remember where your help came from and so you can remember where your help's gonna come from again. If you'd like to give yourself intentionally some way to dwell in hopeful expectation, this is what I'm doing. After each one of my memories, I'm writing down Samuel's famous phrase, thus far, thus far, the Lord has carried me. If I can see him in my thus far, I'm sure to anticipate him in my thus farther. I hope you are too. If you don't have this sheet of stickers and you'd like us to send you one, just send us an email at the ridiculous hour at gmail.com and give us your physical mailing address we'll put one in the mail to you right away that's what we do and if you're listening to this podcast and you have no idea where to start with God don't you worry he he started with you a long time ago he's never gonna stop knocking he's never gonna stop pursuing you the question for each and every one of us is this will we respond that is the mission after all Inspiring lives, ridiculously responsive to the promptings of God. Now, we hope you go and have yourself a remarkable June. Amen? Amen.